everyone. Good morning, good morning. Um, I see they took away the clock in the, on the wall, which is very good news for me. So I'm, I'm just going to go and, and stop when I feel like it. Uh, no, that's a joke. Don't worry. Um, I was also at the same wedding that, that Mike spoke of uh, yesterday, and I have to say it was warm. It was so warm. Um, uh, when you're usually at a wedding, you always think back to your own wedding day. I don't know whom of you, you know, for some of you, it was probably very far away. Um, but uh, Ingrid and myself, uh, like yesterday, we got married in the winter, and there was a, a like a storm, uh, you know, raining uh, over 50 millimeters in one day in Wellington, and there were floods. And uh, the morning I was I've, I was staying in a house I remember with my groomsmen, and they had to rush us out of this farmhouse because the the roads were flooding. So we were in my pajamas and a four by four the morning going over rocky, you know, ground to and, and waters to, you know, to, to get to a, just a safe place, what my love wouldn't do for Ingrid, you know. Uh, <coughs> uh, that day she thought I was crying because I saw her, but I was just crying because this day was just so... No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh <laughs> no, so uh, some of you, if you don't, uh, don't know me, I'm uh, also a local elder here in Wellington, and then that's my beautiful wife, and then our beautiful daughter is somewhere here, uh, oh, yeah, you're in front of me on, with Christian. Um, but she's sitting here, and then we're expecting our second one now in less than 90 days, less, less than 70, no, almost 70 days. So it's, I have to say the second one felt like it was sneaking up. You know, we, 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 we knew we were always, uh, obviously having another baby, but now suddenly it's like, yo, it went very quick. So um, we are very excited. We are going to be busy parents. Um, but it's such a privilege to have children and have these little ones. And even just to have them part of um, this morning. And so beautiful in worship. Oh, you know, I, I see Armand and Melissa's little one um, just swaying on the music. Emma is walking in the front like she wants to preach. Um, there in the back, everyone is busy. But it's so beautiful, this family, the family environment um, here this morning. It's just it's so nice to see and nice to have. Amen. So I want to I want to speak about something. Um, I want to I want to connect even to what Mike has, has prayed um, this morning, and I have to say truly what I'm actually speaking about this morning is something that you you can go put me down in any place and I can speak about this. It's really something that's burning on my heart. It's always burning on my heart. So it, it's it's good to uh, for me uh, a privilege to speak about this. But I want to I want to connect with what Mike said and even with what Mara said last week. And I know most uh, most of you must probably weren't even here last week when Mo, uh, Mo spoke about Psalm 34. I want to start off this morning just to, to uh, refer to a verse that he referred to last Sunday, Psalm 34, verse 5. And I, I want to say this, and Moses was probably going to speak about this even more going into the, into the year, but this is something that he felt for us for the year of 2022. So I'm going to quickly read it. Yo, one can't actually see anything on that screen, but um, you can feel your way out. Um, Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. It's such a beautiful picture. You, you have this picture of, of someone looking to God, looking to Jesus, and from that place, He is shining. He's reflecting whatever He is looking at. 
And I'm truly, I, I want to agree with Morris. This is also my prayer for us for this year. That there would be these two, I want to almost call it um, two beats, okay? And two beats together makes a rhythm. And may this rhythm be found in us as a people that there would always be a looking to God and a reflecting of Him. You see, we'll always reflect what you look at. Always. You know, a heart that is captured or a heart that is awe or, or in awe of something or in wonder of something, usually that object or that thing also have your eyes. It also has your feet. And it also has your thoughts. So my question I want to start with this morning, and I want to look at these two parts. Looking at Him, and, and what does it mean to be radiant? And Maris did touch on it. But uh, I, want to say this, I want to say this morning then, um, what, or, or ask this question, what are we looking at? What is that thing then that captures our heart? The, what is that thing then that brings our heart to a place of wonder and a place of awe? What is it? Like even um, yesterday at the wedding, I want to use that as uh, the example. When the vet saw Carla for the first time, there was an outside uh, venue, don't worry, there was uh, shade. Uh, <laughs> we were was sitting in the shade, um, and they, you know, it was outside, so Carla came in with a, with a bucky, the bucky came, you know, and, and obviously there wasn't a, a, enough covering, so the vet had to turn around with his back so that, you know, that they can actually guard that moment when he looks at her for the, at the first time. I love it to look at the reaction of the bridegroom when he sees the bride. And it's such a beautiful picture of someone's heart that is captured in that moment. He, he was, he, you can see, he was in awe of this moment. He was, I've, I've been waiting for this moment. Again, the question, what is capturing our hearts? Now, I want to say to you that this rhythm of looking at him and being radiant, reflecting something, isn't isn't just something that we read in Psalm 34. It's actually something that we see throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. And if you follow Christ, I want to tell you this morning that this is so has to be so part of who we are. It just needs to be. It needs to be. So I want to, I want to quickly look just at, at um, one or two examples of this. And, and there's a verse in a and a book that most of you must probably um, don't or haven't must read. I know some people, they, they find it a little bit awkward to read that book. But there's a verse in Song of Solomon 1 verse 4. Okay. Song of Solomon verse 1 to verse 4. And it's this picture of a, of a man and a woman in this pursuit that what is that's going on. And it, it says the following. It says, draw me after you. Let us run. And I, I want to. I want to just emphasize those two things. Again, you see a rhythm there. It's similar to Psalm 34. Look, to look at Him. Draw me after you. Being close with Jesus and being radiant. Let us run. I want you to take note that that scripture says, let us run, not let you run. Okay? And often what we think is, you know, you, you, we, we go to Jesus, we spend time with Jesus, and then we go about our day and do what we want. And, you know, and then the next morning I go back to Jesus, you know, and, hey, Jesus, you know, how are you? Um, and then you, the, you go on with your day. And I, I want to tell you that it's, it's, the, it's the Lord's desire, not just for 
those moments, hopefully, that all of us have a rhythm of, of, of spending time with Jesus. But to run with Him, to, to, to run with what is on His heart in our daily lives. Doesn't make sense. You see, often, uh, I wrote down here, I'm, I'm quoting myself. <laughs> um, we often have a Christianity where we try and convince people and try and do the work of, of the Holy Spirit rather in wooing people into what we have. And what, I'm, what do I mean with that? Is, you know, often we, 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 think, uh, we think we need to conv- uh, be, um, uh, approach people from a place of, when, you know, when you, let's say, reach out to the lost, you need to convince them of Jesus. You need to now try and say something so eloquently and so beautiful with so many, you know, skilled. And because you're skillful, that person would go and say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, you know. But, but you actually call, what you are called into is to behold Him. And from that place, actually wooing people into wanting that which you are doing. That is what you're called to do. And I want to look at these two rhythms quickly. And I want, to, I want to do it from Matthew 22, verse 35, verse 40. Matthew 22, verse 35, verse 40. It says the following. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him, Jesus, a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Again, you see these two beats. You see, uh, you need to love God. You need to love Jesus. And you also need to love your neighbor. It's the same rhythm that we are called into. You are called to, to be in fellowship with Jesus. If you sit here, I want to I I mention to you that it's such a privilege of this position that we are called into. It's such a privilege. And if, if you're sitting here and you, and you say, like, Skulk, I have given my heart to Jesus. I have been following. But can I just tell you, there's no life for me in those places. I just don't get time to sit with the Lord, or I don't get time to read my Bible, I don't get time to do that. I want to tell you, uh, there's, there's a call for you into this place, and the Lord desires you to, to answer that call. We need to look at Him. I, Skulk, need to look at Him daily. You could ask my wife. I'm not a very friendly if I don't look at Him. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I just I can't afford not looking at Him. I just can't afford and not looking at Him. And it's just so beautiful that um, if we study His Word and we read about His goodness and about His grace and that He sent His Son to die for us on a cross, although we didn't deserve it, how can we not respond from that? But the problem comes when we want to do, when we want to be the light, but we don't know the light. And we want to we go out and, you know, change the nations, but we don't know the one that made the nations. <laughs> like we, we want to, we, we need to answer that call. And it's my prayer this year that you will find yourself in times of just seeing Him. 
Um, there's a story I listened to the other day. It's a guy who's in construction in America. Okay, construction worker um, works very hard. Like he needs to be there early on site, and, and usually you work until the job is finished. There isn't there isn't a thing of you go home at five. There, if if it's a, a, if they have a timeline, you work until you think you know you need to work so that the job can actually be finished when it needs to be finished. And yeah, there's just the struggle of actually getting to the Lord. You need to be these, you know, early in the mornings. And he said there were times that he would work um, and he could feel in his heart that, yo, I, I need to look at Jesus. I need to worship him. I need to be with him. And he would say, he would, he would quickly tell them, listen, I need to go to the toilet. And he would go there, he would close the toilet door. And in that 10 minutes, they was probably thinking, what is he doing? Um, but in that 10 minutes, he said he would often just go and, and be in that, you know, toilet cubicle and just be like, Jesus, I adore you. Jesus, I worship you. And, I say, and he says he can just feel his heart being soft and being melted. We had this word from Chloe about a soft heart this year. I'm telling you the only place that, that can happen is not by your doing, but because of his presence and who he is. We need to look at him. We need to look at him. And we see that rhythm in Matthew 22, verse 35 to 40, that you're called to love God with everything. You're called to find your delight in Him. Just interesting. I, I want to mention this, uh, no, not as a sidetrack, but it's just very interesting to me as I prepared. Before there was sin in the world, you all know the story of Adam, Adam and Eve. Before there was sin in the world, they were living in a garden called... Oh, hello? Eden. <laughs> it's like someone was like, Creer Voltaine. No. Um, <clears throat> they were living in a garden called Eden. I don't know if you guys know what the meaning of Eden is. Mike, you know what the meaning of Eden is. Yeah. What, what, is what does Eden mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it basically means that if, if you need to translate it, it's the garden of pleasure. Garden of pleasure. Garden of delight. Which is quite interesting. Before there was sin, Adam and Eve, they were in this garden. And there wasn't sin that brought separation between them and God yet. That still had to, had to happen. And they were in this garden. The Lord chose to place them in a garden called the Garden of the Land, Garden of Pleasure. Which for me, it's just, a, it's just this beautiful picture of you and I are called to, when we speak about fellowshipping with the Lord, that there's a delight a satisfaction that we can find in Jesus that we would not find in any other place. Interesting, if you read on in Genesis 2, you read about a river that flows out of the garden and then goes into four different directions. Whatever that means, just beautiful picture of this garden of delight. There, where there, was, there was fellowship between Adam and Eve and God. What flows from it? A river. Again, you see that rhythm, an inflow and an outflow, looking at Jesus' radiance. You were called to that. You were called to that, to delight in the Lord, to find your joy in Him. Now, I want to, um, I, I remember Cassie, some of you know Cassie, he's an elder, and, and Josh and Paul. He spoke um, here at a, a worship school we do with the Team T students, uh, I think it was, yo, at, at, this, at March, the last year. And he, he mentioned this phrase. Um, one of the students asked him a question and said, like, how do I grow in the Lord? How do I mature in the Lord? You know, and I often feel like I'm standing still. And he said, make sure you always give. Because it doesn't help you have a constant inflow, but there's no outflow. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? 
Like a river needs to uh, flow. As far as I understand, still standing water is not always a good thing, okay, if it's not treated. Near Marnus, I see. If Marnus does this, then I know I'm in the right, right direction. I know I'm speaking about the right thing. Okay. Anyways, it's like a swamp. Yes, still standing water is like a swamp. Okay. We, we have, uh, this is a beautiful picture. Um, uh, thank you for, for mentioning that. When we uh, moved into our house um, at the beginning of, of last year, there was this whole, um, this mountain type of thingy. It's fake plastic, you know, and, and it has a fountain with water running from the top. It almost, you know, makes you feel, looks peaceful, you know. But uh, there's this machine you need to do and all these things, and we didn't want to do all of that. So we just said we're not going to put um, a fountain in this thing. And obviously in the winter, it rains and it rains and it rains. And the other day, that thing had to be cleaned. Now, that is definitely a disgusting picture, you know. And often our hearts is like that. We, we, can, we can say, you know, I sp- maybe you're on the other side. You're saying, Skok, I spend time with the Lord all day. Like, I'm with Him. I'm praying constantly, you know. It's all that I'm doing. But if I had to question you and ask you, like, are you actually reaching out to the lost? You're like, no, I don't have time for that because I'm just sitting at Jesus' feet. I'm telling you, somewhere <laughs> there's, gonna, there's actually going to come something in your heart. Why? Because it's actually in the Bible and in 2 Timothy that the Lord desires to see the lost getting saved, <laughs> which means there's something of His desire that you are actually missing and not walking in that can lead to that swamp feeling in your heart. Okay. I want to look at two things. I want to say this rhythm of, of looking at Jesus and being radiant, we saw in Jesus' life. And you had Jesus often isolating himself and spending time with the Father. Luke 5 verse 16. Um, but he would withdrew to desolate places and pray. Or Luke 6 verse 12. In those days he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued to pray to God. Um, uh, uh, Jesus even said in John 5 verse 19, you can also go and read there, he said, Jesus gave them an answer. He said, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. We get this picture that Jesus was connected with the Father, that He, he came to this world with the, the Father's mission in His heart, with the Father's delight in His heart. That he, he lived for the Father. He went and spent time with the Father. He said, there's nothing that I did that wasn't in the Father's heart. Which basically means when Jesus reached out to the sick, when he went to the prostitutes, when he went to the, the toll collectors, when he um, did all those things, it was in, on the Father's agenda. It was on the Father's heart. There was an inflow and an outflow. I'm almost done. (laughs) And I want to say this again. This is the invitation for each one of us. Psalm 1 verse 3. That person, us, this invitation we have, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither whatever they do prospers. That you are called to be planted by streams. You are called to walk in fellowship with the Father. You are called to Him. A.W. Tozer, he said, It is one thing to have a lot of information about God, but it's another thing to bask in the warmth and reality of His presence. 
So why is there this invitation to, you know, to enjoy God, to, to be satisfied by Him, to, to walk in fellowship with Him? Why is there an invitation like that for all of us? Why is it so important? And I just quickly want to mention this. It's all about heart occupation. You have a heart, all of us. Quickly do this, point to your heart. Okay, if you, it's in your left side now. Yes. Um, I see some of you were also confused. So you, you chose the middle, you like my heart. Um, but uh, your heart was made to be occupied. <clears throat> Something will always occupy your heart. Always. And, you, and a heart that is satisfied by Jesus, a heart that is beholding and looking at Him, is a heart that won't wonder. But if there isn't that looking to Him, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in many others' lives. But if there's not a looking to Him... Uh, a heart can easily wander away, easily walk away. You know, your heart, I, I once heard someone saying this. He said, an unsatisfied heart is an idle factory. It fashions one thing after another to give its attention to. Isn't that true? If it's not occupied by Jesus, we often find ourselves being occupied by other things. And before we know it, that's all that we, we do. Um. Someone also once said, you know, if you look at something very long, it easily becomes gold. And I want to quickly just refer to Exodus 32. These Israelites, they came, you, you all know the story of, of Moses leading the Israelites through the, the Red Sea. And I mean, I can just imagine if I was an Israelite and I went through this Red Sea, I would have just been like, yo. <laughs> you know, like every day, just like, yo. <laughs> Like, wow, I just walked through the sea. I don't know whom of you went to the beach this holiday, and I'm not sure with whom of you this has happened in this holiday. You know, you go to the beach, and then suddenly, you know, you just walk a little bit. You know, it's, it's just, it's miraculous. It's, it's unreal. It did happen. And here you get this, this thing playing off in Exodus 32. I quickly want to read it to you, verse 1 to 4. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Aaron was the high priest in that time, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us um, up out of Egypt, we don't know what had happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. How on earth do you go from walking through a Red Sea to the, this calf that we just made brought us through this beach, you know, beach, sea? It just doesn't make sense. But I want to tell you, it tells us something of human nature. It tells us that you and I are very forgetful, number one. And number two, we are easily dece deceitful. Our heart is very deceitful. I want to say to you this morning that this invitation to be with God, you need to know, is, is, isn't just an invitation with, without any challenges. There will be distractions. There will be, be um, other things that is going to fight for your attention. I want to ask you, and, and, and someone asked me once, they said, you know, how do, I, how, do I, how do I look to Jesus more? How do I spend time with Him and, do, and, and don't wander away from Him and, 
And you know, like, how, how do I do that? And the answer is very simple. You keep on doing it. Why? Because if your heart is occupied with Jesus, there isn't place for other things to occupy. Okay. So that's the first, um, first beat, you know. Look, look at him. Look at him. The second thing is let us run. And I want to I draw it quickly just to reaching the lost world, re- reaching the lost specifically. Let us run that of, of being radiant. It's in everything that we do. Um, but I, I want to I specifically point it to, you know, reaching the lost, okay? Um, I know Andrew last year spoke about it, and it's definitely something that he is highlighting again. But do you know, as you're sitting here in this room, that you are called to reach the lost? Do you know that? Do you know that? It's, n- it's not just Mike. It's not just um, the elders. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the evangelists. It's all of us in this room that we are called to reach the lost. But I, th- I want to often challenge the way that we see it. Because often when we think of reaching the lost, we, we, l- we like to, to start thinking of a program. You know, how do I, what must I do? Give me the four steps. And I want to tell you, sometimes the four steps do work, you know. But often I do realize that um, reaching the lost is similar to this picture. I don't know whom of you have been to a bakery in the past two or three months. Whom of you have been to a bakery? And Asa Fontaine, where um, my family, my side of the family, now and again, they would go and camp there in December. And there's a bakery, coffee shop. Amazing bakery, coffee shop. A little bit of marketing. Um, but... You, you would drink coffee in that coffee shop, and they will bake the bread in front of you. So obviously, when the bread is in the oven, you suddenly like, you get the smell of freshly baked bread. I don't know whom of you like the smell of a freshly baked bread, but I, I try and stay away from bread. But every time when I go there, um, for some reason, I, I struggle to do that. But um, I, I'm just, you, you just, you want bread when you're in that place. You want bread. And I think often... Reaching out to the lost, it's, it's similar to that, looking at him and then being radiant. It's like playing with freshly baked bread. Because you are called to look at him and that to be a reality. It becomes difficult when our looking to Jesus isn't a reality and we want to try and reach the lost. But if there's a, a rhythm in us of looking to Jesus and actually from there moving into the world, it's like playing with freshly baked bread. You know, it's like, Oh, you, you open up that bread in, in front of someone. They're like, I want what you have. You know, I want to eat that bread that you are, you are walking with and what you, you just tasted and what you're holding here. And I think it's often in a, in a similar way. And I want to I wanna say to you that um, we have this wonderful promise in Acts 1 verse 8. I'm going to read it to you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here we get again that rhythm. Holy Spirit comes upon you, fills you, and from that place you go out. You see, inflow, outflow. Inflow, outflow. Inflow, outflow. And that is the rhythm of following God. That is the rhythm of following Jesus. That is the rhythm. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That's the outflow. We need to, this year, see 
that part of our looking to Jesus and loving Jesus is also obeying Jesus. That is loving Jesus, as you can see in John 15. And that God is calling us to, to reach out to those who don't know Him. All of us. Even the kids. All of us are called to reach out to those who don't know Him. And my question is, I think we, the temptation is there. If we don't see Him, we often do all of this out of our own strength. It's when we're filled with the Spirit and it's when we see Him that this thing comes from a place of being with Him. And you cannot fathom that people would want to live without Him. And, you, and because of that, you cannot but reach out. doesn't make sense. And I want to I pray and ask the Lord for this rhythm in our lives. That this rhythm would be take root in our hearts. And I'm, I'm praying for myself also, but I'm, I'm, I'm praying that that we would see the urgency of these two callings, of the inflow and the outflow. And it's actually still much more than I wanted to say, but I just felt like to stop. I want to ask you to close your eyes just where you are. And um, I feel like I want to I wanna pray into those two things. The inflow, the looking at Him, and the outflow, the being radiant. I just want to say this, that it is a work of God. Like, there isn't four steps. How do I become radiant, you know? It's, it's you know, Holy Spirit, as we see in a Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, that forms us into the image of His Son. The more time we, 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 we spend to look at Jesus, the more our desires, our will, who we are change and reflects Him better. And you are called into this. And I felt like this morning, there's some of you, and you felt like your times with the Lord, there's just no life in it. You have tried sitting and reading the Bible, but you, there's just no life in it. You don't feel like you are you know, being changed or whatever. You, you just do it out of a box-ticking mindset. Um, and you, you want, you desire, you want to see more, you want life. I want to pray for you if you feel like that. And I, maybe let me start with that. If, if that's you and you, you're trusting that the Lord would come and bring a measure of breakthrough just in your times with Him, can you quickly stand up just where you are? I want to, I want to pray with you. And, and I want to trust. I, I really felt this morning before I came that the Lord just, I, I asked the Lord, like, what is the key? How do we... Ignite people in this. And I felt like the Lord saying, ask me. And that's what I want us to do this morning. So Lord, each one that's responding towards you, you know their hearts. You, you see them, Jesus. You know what's going on inside of them, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would come, Holy Spirit. I pray, I speak over them, Jesus, that they would discover your face in a fresh way this year. Lord, that um, often we... You know, we read Bible for the sake of everyone telling you to read Bible. Or we pray because everyone says you need to pray, which is good. It's good to have those disciplines in your life. Lord, but I pray, may the prayer and the Scripture point us to you. <laughs> Lord, even as we read our, our, our Bible and we pray, Lord, and we do all of that, I pray for encounters with your heart that will change us forever. And I speak it over each one here in Jesus' name. Lord, and if there's any weight or any lie that, that we've be, um, believed that, that kept us actually from 
giving ourselves completely in this love exchange, in this, this place of intimacy that you called us to. I pray, Holy Spirit, we come and, and reveal those things and address those things in this season, Lord. That so that there can be that of you loved me first and now I can love. <laughs> Jesus. I pray life. I speak life into those places in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And the good news is Jesus loved desolate places. He loved going to, to, to those places. Lord, and I, I pray that even if there's desolate places in our hearts, Jesus, would you come and just touch those places with your life in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And then, amen. And the second group I felt to pray for, I felt actually a, a prophetic response from this. Um, and it was maybe a, a, a daring thing to do because I think I'm the first one that's going to respond. Um, and I was like, Lord, don't, don't you want us to do something like this when we're actually all back in action, you know, whatever. But, I, hey, I need to obey. Um, so I felt like even with the second call, the outflow, maybe there is an inflow. You have a, you, you're all sitting with the Lord. You're all looking at Him. But to be honest, you haven't actually obeyed this call to, to go out. I want us just freshly this year to actually get before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to follow you. And if you lead me to the sick, I want to go there. If you lead me to the, the you know, the prostitutes, I, um, I want to reach out. Hopefully in a group, you reach out to them. If you lead me to um, a, a nation, I want to I wanna be obedient. If you lead me to the lost in the workplace, at school, at creche, whatever, God, would you lead me there? And uh, I want us to sign, if you want to with me, um, say, like, Skog, I'm trusting for this this year that my heart would be soft and yielded, that I would obey the Lord. I want you to, as a sign, take off your shoes today, okay? And I want you to hold it in your hand. <laughs> Some of you are like, Skulk, you ain't, <laughs> when I was you smell my feet. <laughs> I want you to take both shoes. I want you to stand up with me. And I want us as a sign just to, to keep this with, uh, in one hand and almost just bring it before the Lord and say, God, I want to go where you go. <laughs> yes, you can almost say that. Lord, I want to go where you go. I want to say what you say. I want to yield to you. I want to yield to you. I want to submit to your will. I want to partner with your desire. <laughs> Lord, and I want to obey you. I want to love you. Lord, and I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come even as we respond and, and just say, this is a desire in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you fall upon hearts, Lord. You come in full hearts in this place, and we say, God, that not for our comfort and not for our um, sake and not for what we want and our desires and our will, Lord, but we want it for your desires, your will, your agenda, God. Go where you want us to go and do what you want us to do, even as you have showed us that you have done what the Father said you must do, Lord. We pray. We want to obey what you want us to obey, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And may these, these um, even just this sign of holding, holding these uh, um, shoes or pluckies or whatever in your hand, Lord, um, we pray. May this just be a sign of us saying afresh this year, we want to follow you, God. We want to follow you, God. Wherever you lead us, Jesus, we want to follow you, Lord. 
and often, God, you will, you will lead us to places of, of looking at you, and you will lead us to places where we're going to have to maybe step out of our comfort zones. Jesus, and I pray this year, I pray, may, uh, may us, may me, not hold me, myself back. <laughs> In Jesus' name. For your glory. Can you just say that? For your glory. For your glory. I want you to say it. I don't want you just to say it because I'm saying you're saying. I want you to say, Lord, for your glory. For your glory, Jesus. For your glory, Jesus. One more time, I want you to say it with faith. For your glory, Jesus. We will follow you, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.